Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the latest edition of the Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast. This is David. Uh, This week, Chris is out of town, uh, so we're going to have a guest with us this week that I'm really excited about. I think uh, the people out there listening are going to enjoy him as well. Before we do get started, I do want to say follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed, on Instagram at Digital Killed the Radio Star, and please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. If you subscribe via iTunes, leave us a, a, a rating and a review, and that would be great and help increase our exposure. So like I said, Chris could not be with us this week, so I reached out to uh, a person that I met on uh, Facebook via a uh, uh, message uh, board for uh, the podcast Decibel Geek. And if you've never listened to Decibel Geek, it's a hard rock heavy metal podcast hosted by Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. That is, it's really, really good. And they are hosting the Podcast Expo in Nashville at the end of August that Chris and I will be attending, not as a podcast, but just as uh, as paid uh, paid visitors, I guess you could say. And uh, Sonny had donated some money to their GoFundMe page, as I did, and he got to host um, their podcast uh, one week, and I will do that in the near future. And he has donated to several podcasts and done the same thing as well, hosted uh, several podcasts, and they're really good and really entertaining. And so uh, we had uh, been in contact with each other on Facebook, and so uh, I needed somebody this week, so I reached out to him, and I think everybody's going to enjoy it. So uh, without further ado, on the phone with us from California is Sonny Pooney. Sonny, how are you? I am great in sunny California. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caution you. I am not a music historian like you or Chris, so <laughs> let's get that straight right out of the gate. Oh, I, th- I think you're uh, looking at some of your picks. I think you're, uh, I think you're selling yourself short. Well, uh, Sonny, like I, uh, I do whenever I have somebody new on here the first time, I uh, ask them two questions. What's your earliest recollection of music, and what artist or band um, really uh, got you uh, – you know, got you hooked into music for life. Yeah, my story is probably a little bit different uh, than most on that stuff. I'm uh, I'm of East Indian descent, so my parents were born in India, and I'm first generation American. So, um, the memory of music, my first memories of music, was actually all the stuff that my dad and mom listened to, which was all Indian music. And you know, most people would, I guess, call it Bollywood now, but. Uh, um, a lot of their movies have music in them. There's a lot of dancing. There's a lot of beat rhythm, um, and that's kind of what got me into. I was like, oh, well, that's you know, it's interesting. It's listenable. It's fun. Um, but then what really kind of hooked me in, and I kind of got started late, probably fourteen old, nineteen eighty four ish, was MTV. And uh, as soon as I got a hold of MTV, when I could get TV time because we only had the one TV and Bollywood movies were always playing. I could only get TV time like at 11 o'clock at night after the parents went to sleep. So it was Headbangers Ball. So the band that hooked me in was Kiss. And uh, as Paul Stanley would tell you, people listen with their eyes. And the first thing I saw was Heaven's on Fire. So, you know, you got fire, you got women, you got good music, you got crazy guitars. Um, so they were the band that really hooked me in. And then when I did some research and got back into their uh, previous catalog, obviously uh, I found that I stumbled upon the phenomenon that is Kiss. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what hooked me in. So 
Which era of Kiss is your favorite? The uh, Ace or Vinnie Vincent or uh, Bruce Kulick? I'm an 80s Kiss guy, first and foremost, so it's pretty much Bruce Kulick. That being said, my favorite Kiss member is actually Ace Frehley, so it's kind of a mix. Have you uh, have you had the opportunity to see them in concert? Uh, over 20 times. Wow. <laughs> the beauty of living in California is I could see them. I, lived in, I live in the Bay Area, so... When they came, they'd play San Jose, Sacramento, San Francisco, and L.A. So if I want to see them four or five times on the same tour, and at times, because they live here, um, or in the 80s they lived here and they still live here, I could see them at the front end and the back end of the tour, so I got to see them plenty. Yeah, I saw them twice on the when they got on the reunion tour. saw them in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, and saw them in Jackson, Mississippi, a couple of months apart, and... Uh, when I saw them here in Jackson, they had Ted Nugent opening and Skid Row, and it's the loudest concert by far I've ever been to in my entire life. I could not hear it for about three days. Yeah, they, uh, they are loud, and, uh, you know, I've just, I, I wear earplugs now because I'm old, but back then I didn't used to, and it's affected my hearing over time. There's no doubt about that, but they are a loud band when they play. Well, Sonny, since you're filling in for Chris this week, I'm going to let you do the honors and uh, recommend some new music since uh, he couldn't be here. And uh, I think you have something you'd like to share with everyone. Yeah, I've got a couple. So uh, the first one, um, I came about them uh, by a mutual friend, Rich Dillon, who is uh, the guy that runs the Decibel Geek um, uh, website. And the band is called Diamonds. So five-member uh, band, uh, vocals are by Priya Pan, CC Diamond and Daniel Decay, uh, Tyrone Busione on bass, and Aiden Trancata on drums. Um, Diamonds is a Canadian band, and they've been around since 2006, but they're finally starting to pick up uh, uh, some notoriety. Their latest album was... Uh, in 2015 it's called never want to die and it's their second full-length album i would say the best songs on that album if you've never heard diamonds is uh better off dead or over it so you can you can probably check those out on youtube or or spotify however you listen to music now they have a hailstorm flavor which i love hailstorm uh but they're definitely more punk they have a more punk feel than hailstorm does uh catchy melodies it's not your normal, um, I guess, traditional punk, I would say, you know, where there's maybe the vocalist is not great or it's just hard driving guitars and you kind of lose the message in the anger that sometimes or the passion that sometimes is punk. It still has that 80s catchy melody. So um, I've never had the seeing pleasure. Uh, I've never had the pleasure of seeing them live. So Priya. If you are listening, please come to Southern California again or Northern California. Um, but I definitely uh, want to check them out. And it's really cool. Priya Panda, who's a vocalist, she's really uh, um, active on social media, and uh, which is cool because she connects with a lot of people. And she answers pretty quick, too. And I just love her voice. So they're pretty good. And then the other one, I want uh, from a friend of ours on Decibel Geek, and his name is Stephen Michael. He actually does some of uh, the album reviews, and he's going to start doing some concert reviews too, I think, and some interviews uh, with Decibel Geek. But it's a band called Greta Van Fleet, 
and I don't know if you've heard of these guys, but they have an EP out right now, Black Smoke Rising, which was released in April this year. Um, kind of a Led Zeppelin sound to them, especially the vocalist. Um, but it's a brighter production uh, than what you would hear uh, from Led Zeppelin, which obviously it's also 2017, not 1972 or 75. Um, but the guitar tones got that really nice dirty, crunchy guitar tone with this Robert Plant-esque voice on top of it. It sounds really, really good. Young kids. Um, Josh on lead vocals, Sam playing bass guitar, Danny on drums, and Jacob as, uh, or Jake as lead guitarist. Three out of the four guys' last name is Kiska, so I think they might be brothers. Um, yeah, but... Um, they have a four-song EP out right now, and I would say the two best songs on there is Highway Tune and uh, Black Smoke Rising, which both you can check out on YouTube. But uh, a great new band, and I think uh, sky's the limit for these guys. But uh, So that's a little bit of new music. Yeah, thank you for that. I will uh, definitely look those up uh, probably tonight after I post uh, the podcast. Well, Sonny, uh, you suggested uh, this topic, so I'm going to let you explain it to people and explain the uh, the parameters from which we had to choose from. Yeah, so we're uh, we're going to be talking about underrated rock singers, and uh, I picked this topic because uh, there's a lot of talented, great rock singers, but all you ever really hear mentioned are. Robert Plant, Roger Daltrey, Mick Jagger, Steven Tyler, Ozzy, Dio, Dickinson, Coverdale, folks like that. And I love those guys. There's nothing wrong with those guys. Obviously, they're incredible, and they've had long careers. But uh, they're not the only ones out there. And then there's some folks out there that you don't hear about. So in this world of auto-tune, there's still some guys really killing it out there. Um, So what I want to do is underrated rock singers, but we had two rules. And uh, one rule is the singer still got to be active. Um, so, because, you know, if you're going to continue to be underrated, obviously you need to be out there and playing and doing stuff. And then we used this list that was on Ranker.com, but we kind of imposed a second rule saying whatever whoever we pick cannot be one of the top 100 rock singers on this Ranker.com list. Um, so that, those were the only two rules we used, so it should be fine. Yeah, I think it. I think it will be, and uh, probably going to expose some people to some music they've never heard before. So, since uh, you're the guest and it's your topic, I'm going to let you start off with uh, your first choice. All right. So, uh, first one hails from Orange County, California. I'm going to keep it close to home, and uh, the singer's name is Michael Sweet. And uh, you know. First thing your listeners might be thinking, oh, that Christian rock guy, didn't he sing honestly? Come on, Sonny, we got to talk about that guy. Um, Well, let me start out by saying I'm not the most religious person at all. I just appreciate great music. And the lyrics this guy writes are definitely faith-driven, And uh, but I find myself sometimes singing them out loud um, because they're catchy melodies. And... My first exposure to Michael Sweet, who is uh, obviously the lead singer and lead guitarist of Striper, and he's got a ton of solo stuff, was on MTV, the Calling On You video, which was very popular um, back in the 80s. Unbelievable vocal range. And guitar player-wise, if 
he is an underrated singer and an underrated guitar player because although he has Oz Fox on lead guitar and striper, he plays half the leads, Michael Sweet does, and Eddie Van Halen's his guy. And he's he's been outspoken about Van Halen as his number one band of all time. Um, so you can imagine uh, him playing guitar and wanting to be good at it was probably very, very important to him. But the most uh, surprising thing to me, the guy's 53 years old. He looks great. He can still hit every note. And it is amazing to see Striper live. David, have you ever seen Striper live? I have not, but I've been a fan since, you know, the, the late 80s of them. I never had the opportunity to see them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Striper's kind of weird. They kind of got it from both sides. Like, the church wasn't happy that, uh, you know, they were singing metal music. And then you got, you know, the metal guys can't quite handle the positive message that the faith-driven lyrics are saying. But they broke through some, to some people. Um, now, you know, you've heard Gene Simmons say rock is dead, or at least is hiding somewhere, and nobody wants to put out new music because they're worried about getting stolen or whatever. This guy's put out seven albums in the last six years. Um, whether it's Solo, whether it's Striper, whether it's Sweet and Lynch, which is a Michael Sweet, George Lynch um, collaboration, and has already communicated that there's a new Sweet Lynch album coming out and a new Striper album coming out in the next year. Um, this guy's amazing. Uh, he, For the Boston fans out there, he actually had a four-year stint in Boston after uh, Brad Dell passed. So you can kind of imagine, if you haven't heard him before, the, the talent that he must possess to be able to sing Boston songs, which to me are just as classic as any Journey Steve Perry song. Um, currently, um, Michael Sweet's on an acoustic tour. I'm actually going to go see him on September 30th and 2nd, so I'm excited about that. And then I wanted to give you some songs that you can check out if you don't know them. If you like covers, he does a cover of The Trooper, uh, by Iron Maiden. It's on the covering. It's a Striper album that came out on two, in 2011. If you're a ballad guy, try Lady by Striper, because uh, everybody's heard honestly, but probably nobody's heard Lady. Uh, if you think Striper's the wimpy guys, uh, try uh, More Than a Man by, uh, uh, by Striper, especially on the Second Coming album. And I think you'll be surprised uh, how much rock that can be. Uh, if you don't want to hear the Christian stuff, and try Sweet and Lynch. There's a song called Dime Rose. Um, and he, when he does solo stuff, he does ballady, um, almost easy listening type stuff. And he also does straight up near melodic metal. And his latest solo album is called One Sided War. And uh, if you want something that's non wimpy, try Bizarre or Golden Age on that album. I will put something out there. You listen to these six songs and you still don't like Michael Squeed, you Twitter me and I will uh, publicly apologize to you on Twitter for wasting your time. <laughs> That's how much I love Michael I, Sweet. So. I, I don't see how anyone can can listen to him and not just be impressed. You know, one of the things that, that impresses me the most is I think they're, he's gotten better with age. The last two Striper albums, in my opinion, are their two best. They're they're very heavy. Their production is great. Um, his his singing is amazing. And you mentioned the Sweet Lynch album. 
I really like it because um, if I do have one complaint about uh, Michael Sweet is sometimes I feel like he sings in too high of a register to to necessarily understand all of the lyrics. But on Sweet Lynch, you know, he's having to sing basically to George Lynch's, you know, playing and, and how George Lynch plays. And uh, I find myself really enjoying the vocals uh, on that album. And it, as far as the... Uh, the Christian thing, I, I am a Christian, and, and growing up, I, I didn't listen to you know any Christian music really because it just the production value on a lot of the stuff was really bad. And I remember getting to Hell with the Devil when it came out, and I was blown away by it. And uh, you're right, they they had a real struggle. I've heard him say numerous times that the church was more of a problem for them than um, you know than the the rock bands that that they opened for and played with, which is. Uh, kind of confusing if you ask me but he is he's just one of the all-time nice guys uh you don't ever hear anybody say anything negative about him he's very complimentary of of other bands um i've actually heard him say that he wants to try to produce a van halen album which i think would be awesome but knowing how the van halen brothers are that's probably uh never going to happen but i can't argue at all with this choice matter of fact if you hadn't uh, mentioned him i was going to mention him so uh <laughs> Uh, good job on your first choice. Is that all you have on on Michael? Yeah, no, and I agree with you. He has gotten better with age, and uh, yeah, he's awesome. But no, that's what I got. What's your next, What's your first pick? Well, my first one is uh, one of my favorite singers. Uh, I love every I love every incarnation. It's John Karabi, um, and most people are going to immediately know him as he was on the uh, 1994 self titled Motley Crue album which is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated rock albums of all time. Uh, I've mentioned it numerous times on the show, so I'm not going to go in depth with it, but his voice, to me, is the embodiment of rock and roll. And he's also a great guitar player. Before that, he was in a band called The Scream, which put out one album that's really good and actually quite diverse, um, quite a diverse album for the time in which it was released. Um, of course, the Mot- Motley Crue situation didn't last very long. They, you know, un- in my opinion, unfortunately, got back with Vince Neil, but um, and he formed a union with Bruce Kulick after uh, Bruce left Kiss, and they put, I think, two albums. Um, and uh, he has put out a, an acoustic album, and um, recently has uh, joined the Dead Daisies with uh, Doug Aldrich and uh, Marco Mendoza and Brian Tishy and. I think David Lowry or Lowry, I've never heard anybody say his last name, uh, is also in the band. And they're just a great rock band. And they have a new album out called um, Live and Louder that is it is so well mixed. Uh, it almost makes you think that it's a little too perfect. But I've heard uh, Karabi said there was just one song that they went in and did a, I think he, I think he said they did a little touch up on. But his voice to me is just... Uh, when you hear it, you know who. If you if you know who he is, when you hear it, you don't have to question who's uh, singing. And I, I had a few songs. Uh, if people wanted to listen to uh, "Smoke the Sky" off the self-titled Motley Crue album, uh, "Love I Don't Need It Anymore" off the first Union album, "I Believe in Me" off the Scream album, and um, I couldn't exactly find it last night when I was looking, but I've seen it, and heard it before, and really loved it. His cover of Rod Stewart's "Maggie May." And uh, I hold Rod Stewart's voice in very high regard. I don't like the stuff that he's been putting out the last 10 or 15 years, but uh, his stuff in the 70s was uh, right on up there, and Karabi can hang with him. 
Um, it's unfortunate that uh, he's not a household name because he has the talent to be a household name. But uh, I'm just a big fan of his. Um, what about you, Sonny? Huge fan. That Motley album in 94 is one of my top 10 favorite albums of all time. And uh, um, I've seen, I saw him live on the 94 tour when they went out and uh support of that album and even though the warfield was only half packed when i saw them man they killed it and uh i never saw the scream live uh i did see uh karabi went out there in 2014 and did a 20 year anniversary tour uh doing the 94 album front to back so i did see that and that was good um but yeah this guy's definitely definitely underrated and man that dead daisy stuff is unbelievable. I love it. It's really good. And I'm glad to see that that's taking off because I've listened to a couple of podcasts where uh, he's being interviewed and I think he's just really enjoying it. Um, you know, and, and I left out the fact he was in rat for a while. And if you can find any, there's a video, I guess, uh, Stephen Piercy was in no shape to, uh, uh, play one night and Karabi stepped up and, and finished the uh, the set, and the video that I saw was, oh gosh, um, Loving You's a Dirty Job, him playing it, and of course he kills it. So uh, if you're not familiar with him, I, I would start with that self-titled Motley Crue album and, and listen to it and see if you can also get the, um, there's four bonus songs I think they released, I forget the name of the EP, but you can find that like Living in the Know and Baby Kills are on there, and he's just, just amazing vocalist. If you're a fan of rock and roll, you have to like John Karabi, in my opinion. Uh, well, Sonny, who is uh, number two for you? Well, number two, uh, what can I say about this guy? I could probably, <clears throat> there was two of my picks that I could do a full episode on. And uh, my number two guy is Jeff Scott Soto. This guy is uh, definitely in my top three singers of all time. Uh, I have everything available that's out there that he has done. And trust me when I tell you, this guy's been on 50 different albums, lead singing, and then on another 50 doing backups and, uh, you know, uh, tributes and that kind of stuff. Um, the guy's got a ton of stuff out there. And so he got his start with Ingve at 18, 19 years old. And um, honestly, although he's done a lot of solo stuff, people kind of classify him as a hired gun because he's been in Ingve, he was in Eyes, Talisman, uh, Wet, which is a work of art, Eclipse and Talisman members together, a band called Takara. He, tra uh, he travels with TSO uh, during the Christmas time. Uh, he's done stuff with Axel Rudy Pell, uh, done stuff with Joe Holstra, Gus G. I mean, it's just... So that's why he's kind of labeled as a hired gun. Although people know a little bit about Jeff Scott Soto, most likely a fan only knows that he's kind of a rock singer. He is one of the best ballad writers in our lifetime. Um, if you have not heard some of his ballads, uh, you are missing out. And we're going to give you some examples of that. And this guy... Although I have not, I've only seen him live three times, and once it was with Journey, because he had a stint in Journey uh, for about a year uh, when uh, Audrey got sick. And the guy's an amazing frontman, just uh, unbelievable stage presence. Like, I, I would put him up there with somebody like a Paul Stanley, 
person who just owns the stage, uh, absolutely no doubt. Me, I have this beautiful, sexy wife that spends her life with me, but she's got one major flaw. She's a hip-hop fan. <laughs> and even she loves Jeff Scott Soto. We went and saw him live, and she's a huge fan. So before we get into kind of some of the songs you might want to try out, well, what are your feelings on him? You know, I'm I'm not just overly familiar with him. Obviously, uh, being a fan of uh, hard rock and metal, especially growing up and, you know, reading Hit Parader and um, Metal Edge and all, all those magazines, saw his name a lot. Um, it, you said he, he was on the first two Yngwie albums, isn't that right? That's right. Um, mainly where I've seen him pop up, and, and, and it's unfortunate, I hate seeing when, when people have to do this so much, is a lot of cover songs on like a Spotify or compilation albums, things of that nature. But I went through, I knew you were going to uh, list him because I think you've listed him, listed him on another podcast and um, listened to some of his stuff. You're right. It's a pow- he has a powerful voice. And it, it's it's kind of a shame that he, uh, you know, are you familiar with who Carrie Kelly is? Oh, yeah. All right. We know Carrie's kind of famous for just kind of replacing people in other bands, even though he's very, very talented. It's kind of a shame that, that you know, Jeff Scott Soto just never really kind of caught on with, you know, a, a band and got and got as big as he probably deserves to be, given his talent. Yeah, and I totally agree. And I think I thought Journey was going to be it, because when I saw them live with him, I'm like, OK, this could be the next reincarnation. And um, it just didn't work out. And, uh, you know, both Journey and uh, Jeff have been kind of hush-hush about why that was. My my educated guess is uh, Jeff is a songwriter, and in Journey, you don't really get to be a songwriter. And my guess is that probably had something to do with it. Probably so. Um, yeah. But song-wise, so for the listeners out there that don't know who Jeff is... Um, First of all, he's done some soundtrack work. So if if you've ever seen this uh, TV show, Biker Mice from Mars, or seen the George of the Jungle movies, or if you've ever seen the movie Rockstar with Marky Mark, I think it was in 2000, 2001, um, most of the soundtrack work and the vocals is him. Um, If you are a covers fan, and he's on a bunch of covers, but my favorite cover of his is Carry On My Wayward Son with Ingve. And it's on the Inspiration uh, Inspiration Yngwie Malmsteen album from 96. Uh, I love the original Kansas version. I love this version more. And it's a, definitely a more uh, rocked up type version. Ballads. Um, I could have gave you 50 you could have checked out. But the two that are probably my favorite. One is called Nobody Said It Was Easy, which is on the Eyes album from, 19, uh, from 1990. And then there's a song called As I Do To You, which is on one of his solo albums. It's called Believe In Me. Uh, It was an EP in 2006. And this song, As I Do To You, if anybody was to either hear it or pick it up and throw it out there, would be the most popular wedding song for the rest of our lives. (laughs) It is one of those type songs. Um, so you hear and you're like, wow. And that one's called As I Do To You. Uh, he can sing rock. So if you want to try that, Eyes of Love is on his Prism record in 2002, solo record. You want metal? Check out Ingve. I'll see the light tonight. You get as much metal as you want. Uh, that was on uh, Marching Out in 85. If you want R&B or some funk, 
he even does that. There's a uh, there's a bunch of songs like that, but one's called uh, "Color My Ecstasy," and um, "Ecstasy" is X T C, and uh, it's off the, Tal- the Talisman album in '94 called "Humanimal," and then he had a solo album called "Love Parade" with a song called "Got It Going On," and that's got some funk to it too. If you want to just try an album, right? It's like, man, this guy's got a lot of stuff. Like, where do I start? I would start with Lost in Translation. It was this one of his solo albums that came out in 2004. And um, his latest is in a band called Soto, um, which they just released uh, Divac last year. It might have been 2000. Yeah, it was 2015, uh, possibly. It might have been 2016. Uh, it's definitely heavier. Uh, not as melodic. Uh, it's more of that. It's not exactly power metal, but it's getting halfway between hard rock and that power metal that's out there in Europe right now. But uh, I actually ran into him at a concert uh, about a month ago, and he's currently in the studio doing another solo album with Howie Simon on guitar. So I cannot wait. This Jeff Scott Soto is one of uh, my favorite people and one of my favorite singers in the industry. Period. So. Well, I'm definitely going to uh, add some of his songs to my playlist after that uh, glowing recommendation that uh, that we just got from you. Um, like I said, what I've what I've heard, I really like, and it is a shame that somebody with that kind of talent hasn't not necessarily succeeded, but because obviously he's been able to make a living playing music, but just isn't more of a household name, uh, yeah. which is unfortunate. Well, my next pick is going to be uh, a little off the radar. Um, Jerry Cantrell, most notable as the guitar player for Alice in Chains, but also uh, sings lead on some songs. But in my opinion, his backing vocals are as important to Alice in Chains as Lane Staley's voice was. And before everybody out there wants to shoot me over that, um, I'll explain that a little bit. Um, I love the way he sings and harmonizes with Lane's voice. And you don't realize, I don't think... I realized how great of a singer he was until I was listening to, uh, are you familiar with Dean Delray's Let There Be Talk podcast? Uh, yeah, I okay. love that podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, um, Mike Inez was on there, I guess a week or two ago, who's, you know, played with Ozzy and his, in Alice in Chains. And uh, Dean actually tried out for a band that Cantrell had one time, and uh, they called him in and wanted him to start singing some Alice in Chains songs. Well, he would go to sing them. He would sing Lane's part, or what he thought was Lane's part, and said Jerry would like nudge him. Uh-uh, no, that's my part. And he said there were there were numerous instances where he thought that was Staley's voice, and it was actually Contrell's. And so um, his solo albums uh, are, are Boggy Depot and uh, Degradation Trip uh, Volumes One and Two are really good, and they're they're pretty dark because they were written. Um, Either after Lane died, or I think the first one, you know, was when Alice in Chains had broken up and, and Lane wasn't doing well. And uh, you can tell a lot of those albums are about uh, about that subject. But when they got the band back together with William Duvall as the lead singer, um, Cantrell's vocal harmonies are still just as present, and he sings a little more lead than he did when Lane was around. But uh, I, I have a few examples uh, if you want to listen out there. Uh, Check My Brain off the uh, album, their comeback album. Down in a Hole, obviously, off Dirt. Your Decision off the comeback album. Don't Follow from um, the uh, Jar of Flies EP. And then Voices and Scalpel 
uh, from uh, the latest Alice in Chains album, and then a song called 3132, which is from, uh, I think, Degradation Trip Volumes 1 and 2, uh, one of his solo albums. But I don't think he gets the... Uh, you know, the praise that he deserves. But, uh, you know, I hold him up there with Michael Anthony of uh, Van Halen and uh, Mike Mills of R.E.M. as far as the importance of his backing vocals. Uh, what do you think about him, Sonny? I think he's the Richie Sambora of grunge music. That's a, right? that's like, a, that's a great comparison. Right? Like Bon Jovi, uh, you can't hear Bon Jovi without Richie in that backing vocal hitting it dead on. Um. And what's also interesting is I think he had the same problem with solo al- his solo albums that Richie had too, is some of these guys, although they're uber talented, they're better with collaboration. They really are. Um, it's almost like they need somebody to say, hey, you know what, you're best in this box. Try to stay in this box. Um, but I did enjoy some of his solo stuff. I also like, uh, he was on a covers album with Ozzy. In 2005, have you heard that album? I've heard the album. I'm not familiar of which song he would have been on. He's on all of it. Oh, the the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, he's on. He's playing guitars on all those songs: Rocky Rocky Mountain Way, Mississippi Queen, uh, all the young dudes, uh, Fire, Sympathy for the Devil. Like he's on all that stuff. It's pretty good. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, did not know that. Um, but I think Cottrell's a unbelievable talent. He seems like a really nice guy. It uh, seems very humble in his, when, when you watch him, you know, interviews with him. Um, well, Sonny, we talked about Jerry Cantrell, so that leads us to number three. What's your number three? All right, so I'm going to go with an unknown guy. And uh, as I did some research on him, I found out stuff that I didn't even know. His name is Matt Smith, and he is currently the lead singer for Theocracy. Um, Theocracy, first of all, I thought it was a new band, but it's been around since 2002. And uh, they're a Christian power metal band. Now, you go, Sonny, you know, again with the Christian stuff, it's like, guys, music is music and it's good stuff. And uh, the stuff is kind of a mix between Halloween, Iced Earth, and then Kansas and Rush. Like, it's got kind of that weird mix. But Mass Smith, oh my God, can he wail! Um, so then I figured, I'm like, okay, theocracy is Christian power metal. It's 2017. It's got to be European. This, these guys are from Athens, Georgia. <laughs> God, I, I feel so bad that I'm one of these people in the U.S. that don't know that these bands exist. Had you ever heard of these guys? I had never heard of them. When you sent me your list the other day, I was like, that, everybody on your list I'd heard of except that. And I was like, I, I hit Spotify and... Yeah, the guy's got a, a set of pipes on him. You and th- uh, the other 300 million Americans have not heard <laughs> this guy. Right. It's uh, amazing. They've got um, four studio albums out there. And then when I did some research, which I was already a fan, and then they got me for life. Because that first album that they released, he did everything, including the production. He was the prince of that album. So that means this guy is not only multi-instrumental talented, but he's got a four-octave voice range that is unbelievable. And um, when you see some of the videos, he's also got that really cool stage presence too. I haven't seen him live yet. Um, And Stupid Me was looking for, hey, I wonder if they've ever toured the U.S. and didn't know they were a U.S. band. (laughs) God, I feel so bad. Um, 
but they look like they got amazing energy. So I definitely got to check them out live. Um, the other cool thing they do is if you're a member of their fan club, you get these free Christmas songs. They do like a new Christmas song every year, uh, which is, uh, that's kind of cool. Um, now song wise, I'll give you a couple. Um, one is they've got a new album called out there called go ship and the title track. Uh, I think you'll tube, you'll get an immediate, uh, 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 look to what they look like and sound like. But then there's this other thing called Project Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, and the song is called Angel in the Ashes. And it's a collaboration between several musicians um, that only released the one song. It's on YouTube. Again, it's called Project Aegis, and it's Angel in the Ashes. When you see Matt Smith sing on that, and that was the first thing that I had seen because my best friend's like, hey, you got to check this out. Oh, my God. And then there's... Uh, there's a lady named Deza Muno Moonhose that's also on there. She's a lead singer from Vendroya. Oh my God! When they sing together, it it's just as anything as good as Contrell and Staley, you know, Sambora, Bon Jovi. I mean, you would think they've been singing together forever, and it sounds amazing. And then at the end, this is a video. It lasts about four and a half minutes. Do not turn off this video because the last like four five seconds, there's a guy named Gus Tracks at the end that I don't think anybody's ever heard of, and that guy can wail on guitar. I have not seen that good of a guitarist in a long Smith. Uh, I would uh, do some research on Theocracy because those guys absolutely rock. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I admit, I've never heard of them until you sent um, sent me your list, part of your, part of your list the other day. And like I said, I played two or three of their songs, and you're right, the guy can sing, and I've got... Uh, I've got them saved to listen to uh, some uh, on a week when I don't have to uh, listen to so much music to uh, get prepared. But yeah, it's strange that um, that uh, you'd never heard of them and and they've been around. You said since two thousand, is that right? Yeah, two thousand two. Two thousand two. Yeah, that's a long time. Have they by chance in your research? Have they ever hooked up with Striper? Not that I saw. Um, and uh, I think my problem. Part of the problem might be they have a similar draw with similar club gigs, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that might be part of the problem. But uh, they've got four studio albums out there. Uh, that is really cool. Yeah, that's definitely uh, somebody I'm going to uh, have to listen to more. Well, Sonny, my next pick is uh, the lead singer of the cult, Ian Asbury. Um, you know, um, I got to see them open for Guns N' Roses in New Orleans last summer. It was my only time to ever see the cult. And I'll have to say they were the best opening band that uh, that I've ever seen. And I think one of the things that's interesting about them is I constantly forget that, uh, that they're from, um, at least Ian and Billy are both from England. I consider them like an L.A. band, you know, um, I love his voice when it when a cult song comes on, you know it's the cult when you hear his voice. And the cult to me it, it's kind of interesting how they started off as this kind of almost new wave slash goth band and they, you know, became a I guess was it electric and and rain got they were more of a uh, straight ahead rock band and then um Sonic Temple they uh, started sounding like a lot of bands from the late 80s, early 90s, but in, in their output kind of slowed up for a while. I think uh, Beyond Good and Evil was a good album, and the last album that they just put out, I thought, 
was pretty good. But Ian is a powerhouse uh, vocalist. Uh, he sounds great. He has a very unique singing style. Uh, some of the songs I would suggest uh, for people to listen to would be uh, Edie Chow Baby, Sweet Soul Sister, Rain, and uh, Sweet Salvation. Those are four songs that I, I think his vocals are just really shine on. But uh, a band that has you know stayed together. Now, obviously, the, the other members have rotated, but they've managed to uh, weather several uh, music fads and are still a pretty big draw and are still putting out really good music which is uh which is really good to hear uh sunny i i would think uh where you live you would have had the chance to see them several times i have they were just here uh, they played the local casino about a year ago and uh i went and saw them and they're they were good they were good something about the cult, like, I jumped off the train at Sonic Temple, and I'm not exactly sure why. And it might be because of what you said. They kind of went underground and changed their sound a little bit. Right. Um, but what I thought it was when I got uh, reintroduced was when he went to the doors. Right. Right? He was in the doors for five years. Or, sorry, the doors of the 21st century. We don't want to get anybody sued. Right. Um, but uh, I thought he was a great fit for that because he's got that kind of mysterious charisma, suave, uh, that fits that music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always loved the tone of his voice. But uh, yeah, I'm more of a the legacy type songs with them. I listened to some of the Hidden City stuff that they just released and it was okay, but it, it was nothing like Wildflower or Love Removal Machine for me. Well, the, the, the thing is with with them um it's you know consistency and you're right you have times where you know the output hasn't been as good but um he can uh, regardless of of whether he's you know in the doors of the 21st century or or singing on the solo stuff or with the cult uh power powerhouse vocalist and uh, uh a really fun band to go see live so uh sonny what's your what's up next on your uh on your list all right, so the next person I picked um, is Terry Ilou, and he is actually from Lyon, France. And um, although he's from France, his career really started in L.A. But he is currently the lead singer of Great White, and he's also currently the lead singer of XYZ. They're still active. Um, my first exposure to Terry was uh, through my best friend, a huge XYZ fan, and wanted me to check him out. And, um, and I've been a fan ever since now, you know, there's the haters out there that he took over Jack Russell's job and, you know, great white will never be the same. And he can't sing those ballads. Uh, I agree with the fact that they will never be the same because honestly, uh, they're better. Like Terry's done. I love Jack and I love all the old stuff. The great white did but terry has infused this new positive energy into great white and um they're in my and it's been seven years so everybody just kind of get over it right it's been a long time now but uh, i've seen them live with both singers and uh terry's better i just it's just how it is have you seen or heard great white lately i have not heard uh, any of their new stuff i definitely had um their first I think three or four albums and the fact that you think he's better than um 
Jack Russell, uh, that's impressive because and being completely honest with you, Jack Russell could have could have made my list had I, you know, he he's a tremendous vocalist. Um, yeah, it makes me really uh, want to go because they have what two albums with with him? Is that correct? Yeah, the latest one, which is called Full Circle, is better. That's they're back into their. Uh, th- this new album could be right in between like Once Bit and Twice Shy. Okay, like they're back to that sound. Yeah, they, I love I love their sound. Um, they're just you know great blues based uh, rock and roll, and I mean they're kind of the epitome of a rock and roll band. Unfortunately, I think they get lumped in with being uh, you know a hair metal band, but they're, I don't consider them that. I consider them just a great rock and roll band. Yeah, and I agree. And Terry's voice, like he's got a little bit of an accent, not so much that it's distracting, but it does give his voice this unique flavor and tone. Um, and it's he's got a good balance of the soul, uh, blues, a little bit of rock, a rasp um, in his voice that makes him sound uh, very unique. Uh, now, you want to talk underrated? The guy doesn't have a wiki page. Wow. Like everybody's got a wiki page. He don't got a wiki page. <laughs> he's been singing in rock since 1989. Yeah, that's definitely under the radar. <laughs> right, and he's only got 6,000 followers on Twitter. I'm like, you guys, come on. Um, so if you don't, so obviously nobody knows this guy. So if you don't know this guy, here's some songs to try. So um, if you are a ballad fan um, and you're worried that House of Broken Love is never going to sound the same if you go see him live, listen to When I Find Love. It's an XYZ song off the album Hungry. Uh, it was released in 91. If you're worried that he's not going to be able to sing stuff like uh, uh, Rock Me or or one of the more rocking songs that Great White has, try Don't Say No. It's off the same album, XYZ Hungry, which was um, released in 91. The new Great White album, if you want to give it a shot, there's three songs that uh, totally kind of show you that Great White is back. Uh, it's called This Is Life. Um, big time and uh, never let you down uh, those three songs are like vintage uh, great white and then Terry actually has uh, he just released an album in April and it's a solo album called Gypsy Dreams and it's all acoustic with flamenco guitars I and mean, we're talking stripped down and his voice is powerful in the mix so you get a you get a very very good idea of what his voice sounds like but and it's all covers and let me tell you what covers he did whole lot of love boys of summer in your eyes the peter gabriel song long train running wicked game uh heaven and hell yes the black sabbath one uh ride like the wind love bites from Def leopard and kill the king from rainbow flamenco guitars stripped down you hear anything off that album you're immediately be a Terry Alou fan, no doubt in my mind. That is about as diverse <laughs> as you can get, and that's some serious powerhouse vocalist uh, he's uh, covering. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hopefully Will can help boost his Twitter following. I will uh, I'll hit him up on Twitter with our link to our podcast uh, when we uh, when we post it, and uh, he can put a check in the mail to us for uh, increasing his popularity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go uh, next with Warren Haynes, who is uh, the lead singer of the, uh, I guess you call him a jam band, jam band, Government Mule. Um, he was, you know, most also in um, 
the Almond Brothers, and for a while was in the uh, the Dead when they toured uh, several years ago. He's definitely more famous for uh, his guitar playing, which uh, just a phenomenal guitarist. There's there's no question his credentials when it comes to that. But his voice uh, is, I really enjoy it. Um, but he, you know, he, you know, he's not a classically trained vocalist. And he doesn't have the greatest range, and I kind of compare him to. I'm a big baseball fan, and. Tony Gwynn didn't hit a lot of home runs. He knew what his strengths and weaknesses were. He was a doubles and singles guy. And Warren Haynes, I think, has that same approach. He doesn't try to do too much. He's just going to be good at what he can do. And uh, their their latest album that came out last week, I think it's the best one they've ever put out. It's the most consistent. Um, the lyrics are really good. A lot of them are very relevant to uh, things that are going on in our country at the time. But... Uh, I love hearing him sing. He can sing R&B. He can sing soul. He can sing, you know, I guess you want to call it Southern rock, but just a great vocalist. And uh, if you, if you are wondering, well, you know, Warren Haynes, he's not very, uh, you know, he probably doesn't have a whole lot in common with a lot of the other people that we're talking about. They, uh, they're famous for doing um, uh, a new year on New Year's Eve and Halloween playing a show where they have a theme and they cover somebody. And I forget, it was either Halloween or New Year's Eve, I have the bootleg, where they did nothing but uh, grunge covers for an entire set. And yes, he sang Soundgarden songs, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Alice in Chains. And uh, just really a, a, a powerful, powerful guitar player. Uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing him in concert several times and have just uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Sonny, are you familiar at all with Government Mule? I wasn't familiar with Warren Haynes at all until I saw your list. Okay. And, uh, man, that guitar tone. Oh, my God. That guitar tone's ridiculous. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he, yeah, he's unreal. I had a hard time placing his voice. Uh, I like his vocal phrasing, the way he sings. It reminded me a little bit of Stevie Ray Vaughan, but I had a hard time. Uh, I liked his voice, but I had a hard time trying to figure out he sounds like somebody, but I couldn't place him. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, he's, he's from North Carolina, so he's always going to be, you know, compared with, you know, Greg Almond and he was in the Almond brothers for, you know, the last 25, 20, 25 years. Um, I think, but, uh, yeah, a great voice. Uh, he has a solo album out that is more or less, um, kind of old school, has an old school soul and R and B tone to it. Uh, really, really, you know, great guitar player, but, uh, a great singer. So, uh, Sonny, I'm going to throw it back to you for your next choice. All right. So, uh, we're going to go to reading Pennsylvania for this one. And, uh, I will forewarn you. I could get somewhat overly passionate on this one. And the guy's name is Richie Cotson and, uh, golf clap, everybody golf clap. (laughs) Right. So I, anytime I've gotten an opportunity, I talk about this guy so much that I think people's labeled me, one of his biggest fans, and I'm good with that. Um, my ex- my first exposure to this guy was when he replaced Paul Gil- Gilbert at Big back in the 90s. And he gets a ton of praise for his guitar playing, and he's definitely a shredder. He deserves all that. People don't really have a clue how talented this guy is. And the singing voice uh, is unbelievable. He's got, um, you know, people compare him to Chris Cornell, and I heard you guys on the uh, a previous podcast and I thought it was a good idea that if you know if Soundgarden was to get together and maybe do one kind of uh, gig to, for charity or whatever 
and uh, I think Richie would be a great fit. I don't think Richie should be Soundgarden forever, but right. uh, um, I thought it was a great point. Um, but one thing that he has that Chris Cornell didn't have is he also has a great falsetto. So that soul and grittiness rock voice also uh, melts with the falsetto to where it kind of gives it a more unique sound, and he can sing pretty much anything. And, you know, people, you know, they know Winery Dogs, they know he was in Poison, which you get... And I think he ended up marrying that lady. Yeah. Right? And they had a kid. Like, yeah, he, let's get off of that, right? Yeah, he did. I, they, they since got divorced, but yeah, they were married for a while. Yeah, so, um, but you know, people know all those bands, but they don't know he's on over 40 albums and he's got a ton of like tribute stuff he does besides that. Um, it should be on your bucket list to go see Richie Cotton live because I just saw him uh, about a month ago. Uh, that was the same show I met Jeff Scott Soto because he was there at the show and uh, amazing. I had a three piece band. Uh, he's out on his own, so no Billy Sheehan or, or no uh, Portnoy, and uh, he's out there just killing it because his new album is uh, uh, unbelievable. Before I get to some songs, because like I said, I'm going to get overly passionate about the songs you should try, tell me your thoughts on Richie Cotton. Well, he, uh, I mean, if you're the president of his fan club, I, I want to at least be vice president or treasurer. Um <laughs> Poison was the band, one of the two or three bands that really got me into music in when their first album came out. And I was a huge Poison fan. And, uh, you know, when CC left the band, I, I mean, I hate to say this, like, I, I just, I don't really enjoy CC's guitar playing all that much. But when he left the band, I was so interested to see how they were going to sound. Now, I took two years of guitar lessons when I was in junior high school and uh, a, not, a, not a good guitar player, but I would, I got all the guitar magazines and I remember seeing, I believe it was on shrapnel records. Uh, he had put out a couple of just shred albums and I think he was like 19 years old or so. And so I'd heard the name and I knew he was a virtuoso. And when he signed with poison, you know, you're reading the magazines for months leading up that, you know, it was going to be a, a new sound, a more mature sound. And I remember the day the album came out, I got out of school. The nearest uh, record store that would have had it was about 15 miles from my house. I remember driving there. They had two copies left. I grabbed one of them, and I put it in. And I wound up, when I got home, not going home and just riding around that night, listening to, I've listened to it three or four times over. And I was so struck by the playing he elevated everybody in that band two or three notches. His backing vocals just added a whole other layer to uh, the band. And that's my favorite um, Poison album. I absolutely love it. And, of course, you know, he had the, the thing with Ricky Rocket's uh, girlfriend, and that led him to leaving. But his solo stuff is so good, and he's so prolific. And like you said, um you know, I think he's, you know, over 20 solo albums and he is so good. And I'm going to say this and people out there may think I'm crazy, but read up on him. He's as talented as Prince, in my opinion. And if you listen to a lot, read the liner notes to a lot of his solo albums, it's him. Bass, drums, keyboard. He's a great keyboard player, 
great vocalist. I was so happy for him when the winery dogs took off because that exposed him, you know, to a whole other level of, of audience. And I was actually doing some research because I knew, I, I knew you were going to uh, bring him up. He was also on Dean Del Rey's Let There Be Talking. I didn't know this. Did you know he almost got the gig with Ozzy? Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, I mean, he, I think the way he tells the story, his manager leaked it before they had, were going to make it official, and all of Ozzy's fans are like, you know, just upset we can't have the guy from Poison, and they wound up not hiring him. But um, I'm with you. There is... Um, there's not enough superlatives for, for, for this guy. I'll let you continue talking on him, but I, I completely agree with this choice. Yeah, and I, I'm with you on the winery dog thing because it's given him a lot of good press, and it's allowing him to go do on the uh, go be on this tour that he's on currently, uh, which I'm glad for him. Um, so this guy has a variety of music. So I wanted to give like uh, several here, um, and I'm gonna. Um, Kind of give you an idea of when you should listen to one, what song so you get a feel for what he's doing. So, okay, so if you happen to be mad at yourself for just being stupid, which I'm mad at myself for being stupid a lot, try a song called Oh My God. It's from uh, a band called 40 Deuce. Not the, uh, the, uh, the album's called Nothing to Lose, and it's from 2005, and it's one of his side projects. If you're mad at your girlfriend or wife, um, Hopefully you don't have both at the same time. Um, yeah, if you're mad at her, try a song called Gold Digger. And it's uh, um, it's off his album Slow from 2001. Incredible song. If you are a Stevie Ray Vaughan fan and you love the blues, try, try, try Tied to You. It's on an album called Bipolar Blues from 1999. If you want rock emotion, um and you don't know if a singer can put feeling into his songs, try a song called You Can't Save Me. It's on an album called Into the Black, which is one of his best albums from 2006. If you're a ballad fan, and I'm a ballad fan, um, there's a Poison song. It's called Until You Suffer Some Fire and Ice. Now, Poison's known for, if you brought a song to them, all of Poison owns it, so all of Poison uh, gets the uh, publishing rights. But this is a song that actually Richie wrote by himself. And it's on The Essential Richie Cotson, which is uh, released in 2014. It blows away the Poison version, and it's a stripped-down version. And I think you're going to find out that uh, who was singing all those high backups and the crazy parts in the original version, you're going to find out that was Richie uh, on top of Brett Michaels' vocals. So... Um, if you're more of a rock fan, you want straight ahead rock, and you haven't heard the Winery Dogs, try Oblivion uh, from Hot Streak in 2015. Um, if you want to hear a hit that should have been number one, like it should have been Bonafide number one on the rock and pop charts, there's a song called Come Back, Square, uh, Swear to God. It's from the album Slow in 2001. If you're more of an R&B, R&B funk guy, um, there's a song called Fast Money, Fast Cars. It even has got a little rap in it by a, a guest rapper. Uh, it's on the album Change uh, from 2003. If you want now, he's got a lot of stuff just like Jeff does. So if you want to try an album, the, probably the two albums to try, one is The Essential Richie Cotson, which is in 2014. It's got a bunch of his stuff. It's a two-CD set, and that'll get you started. But if you love beautiful 
emotional acoustic songs. I will tell you that it will bring out, this album will bring out every emotion you have as a human. Uh, the album is called Acoustic Cuts, and it's uh, some of his uh, best songs done acoustically, and it was released in 2003 under Richie Kotzen. And you can get that one, uh, it's on iTunes, it's everywhere. Uh, that song will blow you away. His latest album is amazing. They just released it a couple months ago. Um, probably the two best songs on that album called Salting Earth is Meds and Grammy. And Meds is about to be released as a single because uh, he's on tour right now in South America. Now, we talked a lot about his vocals. I'll tell you one more thing about his guitar playing. So he was in a, he had said in an interview uh, several years ago, he was struggling with his guitar playing. He didn't feel like it was up to par. Uh, he felt like he was getting a little lazy and uh, couldn't quite figure out what was going on. And this was, uh, he had these problems like 2010, 2011. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to throw away the pick and finger pick everything. So he's been finger picking everything since. It's unbelievable. I can't even play the guitar with a pick. <laughs> I couldn't play one of those fret-like guitars that tell you exactly where to put the fingers. And this guy's out there playing pickless. It's, it's amazing. And he and he's playing a Telecaster at that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. Everything you've said on him, um, some songs that I would throw out there, uh, a great pop song that he wrote called "Get a Life," uh, that's really really catchy. Uh, Should have been a hit. Uh, one of my favorite ballads that he's on is off the original Winery Dogs album. It's a song called "I'm No Angel." The uh, guitar riff opening that is just uh, it just gives me chills. Um, I love um, You're Crazy, Fooled Again, Go Faster. Uh, I think I really like those songs. That's I forget the name of the album that one's on. Um, and also uh, a song called Stop Me. Um, real big fan of it. But, you know, like you were saying, he, he does some blue-eyed soul. He does, you know, just some classic rock-sounding stuff and a lot of stuff that, to be honest with you, is kind of a hybrid between the two and uh, can play anything. And it's just it's a shame you know, when you go see him, he's not, you know, in front of 10,000 people because he, he should be. And like I said, I think he's as talented as Prince um, and has a great voice. If, Like I said, if Soundgarden was going to do a one-off show, uh, just kind of a tribute to Chris Cornell, I, he's a no-brainer. I, I kind of doubt he would do it, but uh, in my opinion, he uh, he's a no-brainer. And uh, it's cool that you've gotten to see him. I, I'm hoping... Uh, uh, he doesn't really come to the South very much. I'm hoping the winery dogs, uh, I know they have a new uh, deluxe package um, album coming out in August and I hope they're going to tour next year. And I hope to uh, be able to see them. Have you seen the winery dogs? Uh, several times with the kids and the wife, right? So the wife likes the winery dogs and she likes Richie Cotton too. So um it's kind of the two musical things we have in common is Jeff Scott Soto and Richie Cotton. But, but I mean, but there's a lot of his music, to be honest with you, that would appeal to females. Absolutely. And because he's from Pennsylvania, he was a huge Hall & Oates fan, mm -hmm. right? He's, he's a year younger than I am. I'm 40, 47 now. Yeah, he's 46 years old. So, um, and there's some stuff on him, YouTube, doing Hall & Oates better than Hall & Oates. And I love Hall & Oates. Yeah, he yeah, he is just you can't you can't overemphasize the amount of talent that uh, that he has, and you know it's a shame he kind of walks around with this. He was the poison guitar player at Moniker, you know, and I think that's somewhat unfair. Uh, I recently saw Poison uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, they uh, 
they could have benefited from him being on stage. I'll just put it like that. But if you want to see another thing you can watch of him that's talented, when he was with Poison, they did record a live DVD. I think it's called Seven Days Live, and it's uh, recorded in London. And uh, watch him play songs like Fallen Angel and uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In um, and Every Rose Has Its Thorn, these Poison classics, and just watch watch what he does. Uh, really elevates the song uh sunny I, I i can't agree with you more on uh that's i think that's probably the best pick either one of us has had um just so talented so talented well my next pick is uh a guy by the name of brian fallon who is the lead singer of a band called gaslight anthem and i'll be honest with you uh, i didn't really listen to gaslight anthem until about january and uh my co-host chris uh has sung their praises for years and for whatever reason, they just haven't clicked with me, and they clicked in l- late January. I now own everything that they've done and all of Brian Fallon's uh, solo albums. Uh, much like Warren Haynes, um, um, where he sticks, uh, Brian Fallon sticks to what he's good at, and uh, he sings with a lot of emotion. And Chris and I have both talked before, uh, and we're going to do a future podcast solely on him so i'm not going to uh talk too much about him but uh he emotes better than almost anybody i've ever heard now when you listen to him he he doesn't have the range of a michael sweet or uh richie Kotzen or anybody like that but he's really good at what he does and you know uh transferring his emotion from him to you which is a talent in and of itself so uh, i just have a couple of songs here if people may want to listen to gaslight anthems uh, 45 uh may and Break Your Heart, and then a song off his solo album called uh, Painkillers. So uh, that's all I'm really going to say about him. Like I said, Chris and I are going to do uh, an entire podcast in the next couple of weeks around him. But um, Sonny, are you familiar with, with Gaslight Anthem at all, or is that something that's not really in your wheelhouse? Uh, I wasn't at all until I, until I heard you guys on previous podcasts bring him up. Mm-hmm. And uh, listening to it, Sounds like he changed his voice over or what he was singing or how he's singing it over the years. But uh, he's got a little Bruce Springsteen in his voice, right? Yeah, and that's his, you know, he's from, um, they're from New Jersey, and that's his biggest uh, influence. As a matter of fact, uh, Bruce has come out and played a song, played songs with Gaslight Anthem before uh, in concert. So uh, obviously it's a mutual admiration society between... Um, the two of them, but uh, you know they des- definitely don't fall in the uh, the hard rock or heavy metal category that uh, you know that a lot of the other people were talking. But uh, the ability to you know the ability to make the listener feel emotion uh, goes a long way, and he uh, he has that uh, ability. And like I said, uh, in the next couple of weeks you're going to hear a lot more on him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up about him so I don't spoil the surprise. Uh, Sonny, uh, who else do you have on your list? All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, a guy from San Diego, California, and uh, his name is Tony Harnell. So currently, and it depends on what month it is, he's the lead singer of the band (laughs) TNT. Uh, The reason I say that is I think he's on and off been the singer there like five times uh, because they're not the most uh, cordial guys, I guess, within the band. But uh, he's been in that band for about 25 years on, off and on. And uh, my first exposure to Tony Harnell was MTV and him singing 10,000 Lovers in One. Um, The guy's got a four-octave vocal range. He's 54 years old. I just saw him 
about a year and a half ago with Skid Row. The guy is just killing it right now. Um, 25 plus albums. Uh, he's been in TNT, Westworld, Starbreaker. He's got some solo stuff. Uh, great energy on stage, but unlike most of the folks that we're talking about that are more feel singers, this guy is more of a technical singer. So sometimes he doesn't always have the same feel, but I mean, he hits the notes and he's a vocal teacher. So I think that's what kind of makes him more of a technical type singer, but there's no doubt that, uh, uh, he's one of the best singers out there. Have uh, David? Have you ever uh, been exposed to Tony Harnell? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and I'd have to agree with you. Out of everybody that we have uh, talked about today, I would definitely say he had probably has the most trained uh, trained voice. I'm, I was interesting, you know, when he was in Skid Row, uh, I didn't get to see them because he wasn't with them uh, very long, but. How did how did that go live? I don't recall ever seeing any clips on YouTube or anything. I was just wondering how he was able to pull off uh, Sebastian's vocals. Well, I've seen all four incarnations of Skid Row. I've seen Sebastian Solinger, I've seen Tony Hornell, Harnell, and I've seen ZP, the new guy. Um, all of them did okay, but I thought Harnell did the best job actually singing the songs to where they were close to the actual recordings where Sebastian wasn't close at all because, you know, he's a crazy guy. Um, Solinger just wasn't as good as Sebastian, in my opinion. And then ZP, man, he is, he is killing it right now. That, that guy's got some stage presence and you can tell he's the younger of the guys because he's out there relishing that he is the lead singer of Skid Row. There's no doubt. Uh, but I thought he did great. There's a recording out there of 18 and Life um a 2015 recording uh it was on skid row's website for a while so i don't know if it made it to youtube or not uh, but uh even when you hear that you'll go man he nailed the song but there's some like feeling missing out of it from uh harnell yeah 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 i i, I remember when they announced uh he was in the band uh i think they did it on eddie trunk's monday night podcast and I think they did play a clip. They did they re-record. I remember you, or is it eighteen in life? They re-recorded eighteen in life. Yeah, eighteen in life. Yeah, yeah, and that that sounded good. But I, yeah, I was interested to see to hear how uh, he was able to pull off those songs live. But yeah, he has a he has a tremendous voice. Um, he, he almost sounds like he could probably have been a uh, an opera singer if he wanted to. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give you some songs to try. If you guys don't know uh, Tony Harnell, if you're a covers, see, I like covers too. I do um, too. Yeah, if you're a covers fan, um, What a Wonderful World was covered by TNT in 2005 on an album called All the Way uh, to the Sun. What a Wonderful World, that Louis Armstrong song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll never listen to it again by anybody else after you hear Tony's version. It's unbelievable. Um, if you like more of the acoustic stuff, uh, he's got, uh, what's going on, uh, by Marvin Gaye combined with tonight. I'm falling. Uh, well, no, wait, what's going on is a separate song. And then tonight I'm falling, which is a TNT song combined with crazy on you, the heart song. Um, it's on the album morning wood. Um, a self-titled album in 1994 and it's more acoustic if you want octaves and you've never heard everyone's a star by tnt 1987 uh you'll hear some octaves it's on a um album called tell no tales and that album 
is in its 30th anniversary. So it's possible that TNT goes out and does front to back the album like some of these artists are doing, which I think is cool. I think it's a, a good idea. But uh, yeah, Harnell is definitely a, not exactly a household name, but he's been doing it for now 30 plus years. Yeah, and, and he falls into that category of, of people it's a shame aren't bigger than they are given their, uh, given their talent level, um, which, you know, m- most of the people that we've discussed here this week uh, f- fall into that category. But, yeah, uh, TNT, um, they, they had, they've had their, uh, they had their day uh, for a while, and uh, like you said, I, I know he's been in and out of that band, but if you want to hear somebody that can really get up and go, uh, he can definitely – do it well Sonny I'm I'm winding down somewhat on my list um uh one of our listeners Dean Gaffney suggested uh Robin Zander of Cheap Trick and uh, uh-huh. I can't argue with that one uh, at all you know I think they um I feel like they've gotten just a huge resurgence in the last couple of years it's almost like people are really starting to the 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 ma- the masses are really starting to appreciate them no- more. Um, I've always kind of considered them like a musician's uh, band. Uh, you'd see all these, you know, great artists, uh, great guitar players and stuff, you know, talking about um, um, Cheap Trick um, a lot, much like you will uh, UFO. You hear a lot of people talking about UFO, but yet they never had a lot of success. Cheap Trick obviously had a lot of success and recently inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But uh, Robin Zender's voice... Uh, it just fits the music perfectly, um, and he's he's one of those people. I think, uh, like you said, if you take him out of that band, uh, he he's probably not going to sound the same. But um, you know, they, obviously they have they have a huge string of hits. But um, love his music. I like Cheap Trick. Um, the more I listen to him, the more I like him. And they're you know the acclaim they've gotten in the last couple of years is definitely uh, well deserved. I, I would think uh, I would think you're very familiar with Robin, Sonny. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a casual Cheap Trick fan, but uh, man, Xander's Xander's got a great uh, voice, soulful, right? Uh, I know most Cheap Trick fans. You know, if you want to send me hate mails, I guess send it on Twitter. But most Cheap Trick fans don't like uh, songs like "The Flame." I love that song. Oh, the I vocals in that are unbelievable. amazing. Yeah, the vocals yeah. in that are amazing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Xander's a great guy. I'm glad they're still out there. Yeah, and they—I think they just had an album come out yesterday. As a matter of fact. Oh, uh, really? I didn't. Yeah, know that. yeah, new album. So, uh, Sonny, who uh, who else do you have to, uh, to talk about? All right. So the last fo- uh, person I want to kind of bring up is Kelly Hansen, and um, Kelly Hansen was the lead singer of Hurricane, but currently he is the lead singer of Foreigner, and uh, you know, I guess rile up the haters again because he's not Lou Graham. But guys, it's been 12 years, and Lou Graham ain't coming back. Um, my first exposure to him was through MTV, which, you know, I'm at that age where almost all my first exposure was through MTV. Um, he's definitely a hired gun. He's been on 15 albums out there singing leads, and then has actually done backup uh, on other albums with Don Dawkins and Slash and stuff like that. Uh, you know, taking over for Lou Graham, there's no joke. I mean, I love Foreigner. Um but I've seen Kelly Hansen live now a couple of times with Foreigner, and he's doing a great job. And, you know, at age 56, uh, he has definitely infused some energy into that band, although that band really only has about a half of, 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 uh, 
an original member left. Um, and I wanted to get your take on something real quick, but I wanted to give you a couple of songs that uh, you can check out by um, Kelly Hansen. Hurricane, their most popular song was I'm On To You. It was from uh, 1989, an album called Over The Edge. And if you haven't seen Foreigner Live and the YouTube videos aren't doing it for you, um, there was a 2011 album released called uh, Acoustic, uh, the classics Unplugged by Foreigner. And it'll give you an idea of what Kelly sounds like on the Foreigner stuff. But uh, where I wanted to get your take, and I know you guys have talked the past but this whole thing with legacy bands with no original members i'll give you my take on it i would rather have the music of foreigner last forever um because to me taking the wife and kids to a movie with popcorn and soda versus seeing foreigner songs done live i mean i'd rather see foreigner songs done live and it, it pretty much costs the same um i can't you know Except for Lou Graham, Mitt Jones, I can't name any of the old foreigner members anyway. So it obviously didn't matter to me, and and it definitely doesn't matter to the kids. And what's interesting to me is there's been a ton of Batmans and Supermans and Spider-Mans and 007s, and I guess I could say like my Batman was Michael Keaton, but my kid's Batman is Ben Affleck. Does it matter? I mean, I... You know, my, my Wonder Woman is Linda Carter. My daughter's Wonder Woman is now Gal Gadot. Is that wrong? Like, how come they get a pass, but the singers can't get a pass? That's a that's an interesting um, comparison that you just made. I, I haven't thought about that. I'll be honest with you. It, it irks me um, that uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, you know, if they had, if they still had Mick in the band full time, um, it may, you know, you know, sway me one way or the other, but I, I do find it um, disheartening when you know you have these bands that, and you're right, you can't, I can't name anybody other than Lou Graham and uh, and Mick from a Foreigner, but um, I don't know, I've just, I don't think I would go see them um, under the name Foreigner. I know that may sound kind of weird, but uh, it's like um, you know, if you go see uh, Leonard Skinner, they have one original member of the band you know um that's not really leonard skinner uh, now granted this you know form of the band has been together longer than the original leonard skinner but i don't know the, the fact that there's no original members that bothers me um you know if they had one or two that, that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me as much but i mean if, if you want to go and just hear the music it's great music it's timeless music and it's really crazy when you think about the success they had, especially with those first two albums. Um, you know, there, there are very, very few uh, filler songs on those first two, and they're just they're massive. And I've heard a lot of people say like, "Oh, I didn't realize that was a foreigner song," which is kind of sad because you're right; they're kind of almost this faceless band. That, but if you you know if you were listening to music from seventy eight to nineteen ninety. They're just kind of in the background, you know. They're kind of the, the kind of the soundtrack. Um, if you're listening to that kind of music, they're always, you know, always on the radio and still played a lot. But yeah, I'm just one of those people that it would it would bother me. But you know, that's why we have chocolate and vanilla ice cream. Exactly right. Like my 16 year old's listening to Spotify the other day, and he hears Hot Blooded, and he goes, "Man, Dad, I really like Foreigner. Can we ever go see him live?" Am I supposed to tell him? 
Well, no. There's no Lou Graham or Mick Jones, so it won't sound the same. I just am glad he likes Foreigner. But, then, you know, just my opinion, right? I'm yeah. just glad he likes Foreigner, and I want to take him. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I can't fault those guys. They're they're making a, a good living. And Jeff Pilson from uh, Dockin is in there, isn't he? It not uh, Jeff Pilson? Isn't he, doesn't he play bass for Foreigner now? Oh, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah, so uh, anyway, and, and he's a, a accomplished uh, producer. Well, um, Sonny, do you have any honorable mentions or anybody else you would like to uh, to throw out there before we sign off? Um, honorable mention-wise, I'll just give you one, but I don't know. Well, I'll give you two, and I don't know a ton about one, and I know uh, a little bit about the other one. The one I know a little bit about, Tommy Shaw, right? The guy never gives enough credit, but right. in my opinion, uh, I like the Tommy Shaw songs better than the Dennis DeYoung songs of the Sticks days. And Damn Yankees, you listen to Damn Yankees, uh, all the high parts are done by Tommy Shaw, so he doesn't get enough credit. And then the other guy, which I don't know a ton about, but I've seen him live twice now, is Jay Buchanan, who's the lead singer for the Rival Sons. That guy, um, he's a little crazy on stage a little bit. He's got a little Joe Cocker going in him a little bit. Uh, he's uh, He's got some pent-up energy, but man, that guy can deliver. And the Rival Sons have this cool, like, 70s groove with a modern sound. Uh, Rival Sons pretty good, and Jay Buchanan can sing. Yeah, that that's who I had as my honorable mention was J.B. Cannon. The um, the last album um, I really liked, and uh, you know Eddie Trunk has has sung their praises for a long time, and so um, I went back and uh, have a couple of their albums now, and I, I'm not familiar with all of them, but um, I love like on a Hollow Bones Part One, the the scream at the end. Uh, I just love that. But yeah, they have a unique sound, yet. They have an original sound that sounds unoriginal, if that makes any sense. Uh, it sounds like a, a perfect, you know, combining of, of the 70s uh, Led Zeppelin uh, style rock with a modern uh, a modern sound, a modern twist to it. If, uh, if I'm confusing you, just go listen to them, and, and I think um, you will uh, come away with the same opinion. Well, Sonny, I, I have really enjoyed this podcast. You've brought up a couple of people that I wasn't that familiar with, and I'm going to have to go listen to now and that's kind of the point of a lot of these podcasts is to expose uh, expose people to um new uh new music and uh i would probably tell you uh if you're up for it this probably won't be your last appearance on the podcast oh yeah i'm up for it anytime and uh i just appreciate the call and uh appreciate the forum man like uh you know i, I love Prince and Hall of Notes, and everybody knows those guys. I want people to love Jeff Scott and Rich Cox and the same. Right, right. I, I agree, and uh, you never know uh, how many people may listen to this and uh, go pick up their albums. And uh, that's kind of the point of uh, of talking about music, exposing people to uh, to new things they haven't heard. Um, are you going to be able to make the podcast expo? No, as of right now, uh, between just the job and family, it's kind of hard to squeeze in. Um, so right now it's a no, but you know, we still got a couple of months. You never know. Right. Well, I will definitely, uh, um, get a picture with uh, the guys from Dustable Geek for you and, and we'll send it over to you. I'm, I'm very much, uh, very much looking forward to it. Well, Sonny, thank you once again. I, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, v- very knowledgeable and, uh, you did a great job. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. 
Thank you so much. All right, everybody, that's going to be it for this week. Um, follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed and subscribe to us on uh, iTunes at Digital Kill the Radio Star Podcast. Thanks again, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.